sermon podcast of Dan Roschke, pastor of Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information about Bethlehem, visit our website at blclife.org. But now, here's Pastor Dan and his sermon for today. Friends, grace to you and peace from God who calls us and never leaves us. Amen. It is tempting to stick with the nets when Jesus calls us. Oh, it is tempting to stick with the nets when Jesus calls us. Christ needs us right now but we're part of a family business. We've got lives. We've got things, and maybe some more things, saved up for a rainy day. We've got families, relationships, comforts, skills, hired hands too, as the text says. We've got people that help us, whether we pay them or they're part of our lives. We have people who support us, aides, to our efforts in this life that we have proudly worked for, stayed consistent with, carved out, and in many cases enjoyed quite fully for ourselves. And then Jesus comes walking along the shore of our routines and says, come with me. Come with me. Leave those nets and follow me. I'll make you fish for people. Does Jesus even know who he's talking to today? Does Jesus really think we're going to sacrifice what we've worked so hard for? I'm pretty sure the meaning of this text can fall on deaf ears because I'm planning, I don't know about you, but I'm planning after this to go home and watch football. Right? I mean, I'm, I really am. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything here for us, friends. This way of Jesus is a way of suffering. It's a way of being rejected. It's a way of being on the margins of society like Jesus was, leaving the safety of the nets of a father's solid and probably lucrative business, which you're all lined up to inherit, and instead becoming a wandering person, a fisher of people. Whew. New Testament scholar Ched Myers, in his popular book on the Gospel of Mark called Binding the Strongman, says that the term fishing for people, or in the old translations of our Bibles, fishing for men, fishers of men, does not actually carry evangelistic overtones and charges that we're probably crossing paths with in some way or another. You know, like, let's go save some souls for Christ is how this passage has certainly and probably still, I know, still is interpreted. Rather, Myers says that it refers actually to Jeremiah 16, 16, where it's used as Yahweh's censure of Israel. And the fishing metaphor is, is a hooking of the rich and powerful of this world, pulling them, or I think better, pulling their behaviors out by a net if we have to. 
out of the water, out of the world, hooking the systems that oppress and exploit. Jeremiah, I'll remind you, was writing to Israel when it was a powerful nation, hooking the hatred, the anger, the violence, the vitriol, depleting the ways that humans exploit, violate, and lord their power over other humans, fishing that out, fishing out the sin of this world, the sin of our own hearts, bodies, and minds. Who wants to follow Jesus into that work of fishing for people, hooking people, calling them out and pulling them back? It means leaving your dad. Jesus talks later in Mark about family separation, a sword that comes between father and son, mother and daughter, remember? Who wants to follow this Jesus? It means letting go of your family trust, or at least redirecting it completely. I'm wondering if this is why the Christian church is always dwindling, if not dying, to be reborn. Most of us are unwilling even to look at this central aspect of being a Christian. Preachers would rather not preach it because we love our pensions, our own families, and our comforts too. It's simply too risky to actually follow Jesus. Maybe I'll just talk about it here, right? (laughs) So we've remade the stories. We've remade even Jesus himself. We've recasted him to look more like us in our own image, in our own persuasions and ideals, an image that's far more palatable, we've gotten ourselves off the hook. Soften the call to mm, saving souls and gaining members. (laughs) Speaking of membership, Pastor Adam Hamilton, another Bible scholar and uh, United Methodist Church pastor, told the members of uh, the church where he's serving when they first joined the church that the expectation of membership there is not just that you get to vote and, and, and a list of great privileges, you know, you kind of sell the membership. Rather, being a member means that you now take the back seat to the hospitality that the church offers to the community. Members there park, for example, far away so that visitors get the best spots, the closest spots. They sit in middle pews because newcomers are more comfortable either in sitting in the very front or in the very back pews. That's that's more common, uh, the best seats, uh, because then you can kind of slip in and slip out. And it's just more welcoming. There's kind of that open space there. The largest givers at that church are the humblest servants. It is a different attitude, really, than anywhere else in society, where membership normally means exclusive rights, and those uh, who aren't just members but who donate a a great amount have even buildings named after them, not for the Jesus followers, though. Dearly departed mentor and friend, Pastor George Johnson, wrote in his book, about how we're all about believing in Jesus, but most of us just aren't so interested in actually following Jesus. We'll say the creed. 
But when it comes to going and fishing for people, hooking the injustice, the evil, the cruelty, the discrimination, the violation, the exploitation of this world. Mm. (laughs) And Pastor George wasn't just making this up. He was getting it from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who said, when Christ calls us, he bids we come and die. That's so Markin. (laughs) That's so the gospel of Mark. And let me remind you, we are only in Mark's first chapter here. (laughs) I said it last week. Mark packs a punch, doesn't he? So where's the grace, right? Where's the hope here? Where's the love, Pastor? (laughs) For one thing, there are plenty of you who have and do follow Jesus in this way already. It is not just the icons of the faith. Let me say that again. It is not just the Mother Teresa's and the Dr. Martin Luther King's. We, too, make sacrifices all the time. We do. You do. You too, I know, offer selfless hospitality in this place and beyond. You too drop nets of security and even tradition just to help out our neighbors. You too call out injustice in so many ways. At the very least, we have our moments of faithful discipleship of radical, faithful, following Jesus, at the least. At the most, some of you even here have risked it all indeed for Christ, for that work of fishing out injustice, cruelty, and hatred in this world. And thanks be to God that you have. I think about our compassion ministries here at Bethlehem, facets and hypothermia prevention, so much feeding, so much nurturing. I think too about our justice and our hospitality ministries in this place. We are a reconciling in Christ congregation, which means that everyone is welcome regardless of, you can see the list in our worship folder every week and even more on our website, regardless of race, gender, sexual orientation, gender identification, age, physical or mental abilities, financial resources, citizenship, immigration status, or family status. Bethlehem is committed, we write, we say, we voted on, we've adopted. Bethlehem is committed to racial and ethnic equity and equity for the LGBTQIA plus community. It can and it has been a risky move to say that. Some might leave the church over that. Others might attack the church. But we keep saying okay to God's embrace. We keep trying to extend that same grace to everyone. We trust that's following Jesus. We trust that's fishing for people. There's more good news. It's not just about patting ourselves on the back here. (laughs) That's giving a little love here. There's more good news. And that's that there's more fishing to be done, friends, in Christ. There's more time to do it. This life that God has given us is meant to be lived in worship and praise of the one who calls us 
and there's more time to serve that one Lord Jesus Christ. There is more time to follow. There's more time to learn and listen. There's more time to sacrifice what we hold dear. And more time to love everyone. Thank God for more time, more breath in our lungs, more hope for a better day. But there's even more good news, and now I'm capitalizing good news, gospel. It's not just patting ourselves on the back here and recognizing that there's more time to go in peace and serve the Lord. I find the real good news, the real, the gospel, in the first lesson this week, actually. The first lesson this week was from the book of Jonah. He's got to be one of the funniest, most real, most colorful characters in all of Scripture, right? He has just been vomited up by a fish. (laughs) Many of us are familiar with that popular story of Jonah, of him running uh, from God's call for him to go to Nineveh, and he goes the other direction. He goes, like, you know, multiple times the other direction. Uh, and the fish swallows him. He gets vomited up. So now this this picks up here today after he's been vomited up by the fish. God wanted him <laughs> to go for a long time, but God didn't let go of Jonah even when he runs in the other direction. God pursues him and God pursues us. God never lets go of us. And finally, finally, Jonah goes to proclaim a word of warning and forgiveness to those Ninevites. Finally, he goes fishing to the people of Nineveh. And I'll remind you, that's a sworn enemy of Jonah's home country. These are Jonah's enemies. And he's supposed to go proclaim both a word of God's warning and even more God's forgiveness. I imagine him, like just going with his tail between his legs, you know. Imagine going to your arch rival city to tell them that God loves, forgives, and is calling them. But he does it. Jonah goes, and I, 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 he must have just been barely mumbling this proclamation, you know, this unconditional, unimaginable love of God. That love is for him too, you know. And that's good news. Friends, wherever you are, whether you're a citizen of Nineveh <laughs> or a tired, begrudging Jonah type, many of us in the church, you know, people who know God's grace but really don't think others deserve it, and certainly. Uh, they're not going to hear it from me. (laughs) Whether you're fishing after other things or eagerly ready to keep following Jesus right now, wherever you are, friends in Christ, you are a recipient of this Nineveh sermon of Jonas. Yes, wake up. Change your ways that are hurtful to others, that are hurtful to yourself, that are hurtful to this earth. Duh. Yeah, we, got, we all have work to do. Even more, know that God already forgives you all your sin. Things you have done and things you have failed to do. 
know that God continues to pursue you no matter what, no matter how far you run or reject God. God continues to come after you with a love divine that is beyond all understanding. And know that God continues to call you or the tumult or the world's wild, restless, hateful, violent, racist, cutthroat seas. God calls you right in the midst of it all and says, come, follow me. I love you and you are mine. Let's enter into this struggle, friends in Christ. Let's enter into this calling that is here for us again this day. Let's enter into this struggle in peace, in joy, in hope, in love. Thanks be to God for that radical love and embrace and forgiveness. Amen. at Bethlehem Lutheran Church, thank you for listening. Check us out again soon. And to learn more about our national church body, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, visit elca.org. Goodbye for now. And remember, God's outpouring of grace and peace never runs dry. Here's to a new day. Evangelical. That was terrible. To learn more about our national church body. Start over, start over. (laughs) Okay. Is that hard? No, not really. Pretty easy? Yeah. You're good at it.